Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This week I I was having a chat with one of my riders who, they've got a big test coming up and we had been working on a little bit of test riding, we've been working on centre lines, discussing what to do, how to ride them and she then asked what happens if I get my turn onto the centre line wrong and I make that mistake and then I end up off of my centre line. What do I do? And I thought, firstly, that's a really valid question. And that's also something that we don't tend to talk about so often. It's easy in lessons and when we just ride in general to talk about what we should do, how we should ride a movement, how it should look and how we should be riding. But what happens if we don't ride like that? Because it does happen a lot. What happens if we make a mistake or we get something wrong or something doesn't work out? Or even what happens if a spook or a naughty moment stops you being able to ride the movement how you want to? How do you then come back from that? How do you then get your test back on track as quickly as possible? And how do you minimise losing as many marks as you can? and get your head back in the game. So this is what I want to talk about today. What should we do when something goes wrong in our tests? How do we do that bit of damage control and how do we minimise the effect it's going to have on our score and get our test back on track? So trust me when I say that I have had my fair share of mistakes in tests. And I've had my fair share of those tests where everything just goes wrong and everything falls apart. Happens to everyone. It happens to us all. And I think any rider who tells you they haven't had one of those moments where things have gone wrong in a test clearly haven't ridden enough tests yet. I think it's kind of a rite of passage that you have to go through 
those moments and those tests that just don't go as we hoped they would. And especially when I'm teaching my younger riders, my BD youth riders or the pony club riders, I talk to them about the bad test bucket list. And these are the three tests that we don't want to have. But equally, we kind of do want to have at some point. And these are the three tests where we tend to learn the most. So everyone has to, at least once in their life, go wrong in their test or completely forget the whole thing. They have to at least have had a test where they have a spook, usually caused by a lady with an umbrella or a small child kind of running around, that then seems to affect your whole test. And everyone, I think, has to also have had that test where you feel like everything goes wrong and you're just trying to kind of scrape and drag your way to the end and for it to be over. Now, you may be able to tick all of these off of your bad test bucket list, or it may be you've only done one or two. But I feel like with all of these bad tests, these tend to be the ones that we learn the most from because we learn so much from these three different situations. Most people I know have to go wrong in a test to realise they actually need to learn their test and learn it well. Riders need to have a spook or something big to happen in their tests to realise they need to improve their control, their seat or their mindset. And equally, riders need to have things go wrong in their test to realise they need to learn how to deal with mistakes and they need to learn how to find the ways to not let it influence the rest of their test. And that's a really hard skill to learn. So it's all a learning experience, as well as a little bit of character building and a little bit of humble pie added in too. Today, though, I want to focus on that moment where something goes wrong in a test. It might be something small, like you don't prepare your centerline properly, so you overshoot the centerline, or it might be a big spook that takes you off in a totally different direction to where you want to be, or it might be something in the middle. But how do we get ourselves back on track? Now, the first thing I always tell people to do, and the first thing that should happen before you even enter that ring, before you even book that show, is that you should know how you as a rider deal with mistakes. Now, I think this is super important because everyone reacts slightly differently when things go wrong. You might be the type of person that kind of accepts defeat, thinking this is going to influence my whole test your brain might hyper-focus in on that moment. And even when you carry on in your two or three movements down the line, your brain is still back at that moment wondering what went wrong and how bad a mark the judge is going to give you. You might feel like you lose your bearings when things go wrong and you lose where you are in the test or what's coming up next. Or you may feel like you tense up and you tighten or equally that you feel your horse tenses up and tightens when a mistake happens. Or you may feel like you get stuck in a bit of a negative headspace thinking not very helpful things like, well, this next movement is going to be awful or he now just feels really awful to ride today 
or I'm just not riding this very well at all. You may do any one of those things or a combination, or you may do something completely different. But I think it's really important to know how you naturally react in those situations so you can almost preempt it a bit and give yourself a bit of a game plan to get that test back on track, knowing in advance how you're naturally going to want to deal with it, which sometimes is not always in the most helpful way. Once you know then what you do naturally, we can then start to look at what we should do. Now, you'll have heard me and I'm sure a lot of other people talk about visualisation. This is a really powerful tool that sportsmen and athletes use around the world to help them prepare for competitions, for big events, for training. And research has kind of shown that our brain cannot really differentiate between what we visualize and what actually happens so essentially visualization ends up being free practice for us we're able to visualize we're able to imagine riding through our tests imagining what you will do imagining how you will set each movement up the aids you'll use where you're going to be looking what you're going to be doing with your legs what you're going to be doing with your seat and with your rein and so on and you're essentially going to be able to practice just as if you're running through the test without having to run through it time and time again with your horse and you can still practice everything that you need to do. Now there are two schools of thought about this. The most common way that I see people using visualisation is to imagine the test going really well. What do you need to do to make that test go really well? You're going to think about how you set up each movement. You're going to think about how your horse is going to feel. You're going to think about what you're doing, how your warm up goes, how each movement of that test goes. And by visualizing it going really well, your brain and your body is going to get really good practice at riding that test really well. But a less common way of using visualisation is to actually imagine what you're going to do if things go wrong. Now, this is a totally personal kind of situation, whether you decide to visualise the positives and your test going really well, or whether you visualise what potentially could go wrong, or even doing a mix of both. Some people feel if you imagine bad things happening in your test that this may be making it more likely to happen. And that's a really valid point. But at the same time, others are going to argue if those bad things do happen, some people would like to have thought through and practised a way of dealing with that situation. So in real life, they might deal with it in kind of the best way possible because they've already thought through how they're going to deal with it. And this is essentially why we test ride. We test ride to go through it and practice it going well and find out what we need to do to make things go well. But we also test drive to find out what things could go wrong and what we need to do firstly is try to make sure things don't go wrong, but also what we can do to help kind of mitigate the situation if things do go wrong. That's what we do in test riding. Now, whether you do this through visualisation or whether you do this through chatting it through with your coach or just thinking it through by yourself. I think it is still a really good idea to have a plan 
of what you would do and how you would deal with problems or mistakes that happen, especially ones that crop up or happen in your training quite often. And I think that's just about being prepared. That's not a case of thinking negatively. That's a case of going, okay, I tend to have these kind of issues in training. If I have these issues in my test, how could I deal with it to make sure that I kind of gain as many marks as possible and lose as few as possible? And it means that then when a mistake does happen in a test, you automatically have a plan in place that you've thought through really well. You know exactly what you do and you just need to initiate plan B. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The other option, though, if you haven't thought it through and you do come across a mistake and you then don't know what to do, you could end up possibly making the wrong judgment call or you could end up doing nothing at all. Neither of which is really going to benefit your test. And so what I always advise people to do is whether they do this through actual physical test riding or whether they do it through visualisation or whether they do it through chatting it through with a coach or thinking it through, that you just think about some of the possible mistakes that might crop up in your test. And you can then plan out and think through how you might deal with that. And so then if that mistake does happen, you have a plan in place ready to go, you don't freeze up you don't worry you just have that plan see it through off you go and it tends to mean that that mistake doesn't tend to then influence the rest of your test so now I want to talk about doing your damage control and this is more about when things go wrong in a test that you might not have expected these tend to be your spooks your moments of tension your trips your stumbles forgetting your test or those things that just happen out of your control that umbrella going up that kid running through markers being blown over all those sorts of things that we kind of don't really have as much control over and these tend to be the mistakes that kind of are more likely to put us off our game because we're not expecting it and it tends to be the ones that stop us in our tracks so we need to have a plan to always be able to put in place that does a bit of damage control that gets us back on track and tries to keep as many marks as possible and I think when it comes to this your job is to get them back in the direction and back at the speed you want as quickly as possible because this is going to be the thing that's going to help us get back on track as quickly as possible 
So when we think about this in terms of how this might affect our marks when the mistake happens, if you're supposed to be doing, say, a trot shoulder in, and your horse does a big spook just beforehand, and they take you halfway across the arena, understandably, you'd probably be getting a score of zero for that movement because there was no trot, there was no shoulder in. But if your horse still spooks, but you manage to keep your horse going in the direction they're supposed to be in and you keep them trotting down the long side, but you don't manage to get a shoulder in. I'm not saying you're going to get a great mark. The, the mark is still probably not going to be great. But the judges will usually give you a few marks for the fact you're going in the right gear in the right direction. So we're starting to be along the lines of what the test is trying to ask us to do. So we need to make sure that when a spook happens or something big happens, that we try as much as we can to keep the speed and direction. Or if this goes completely out the window, that you get that speed and direction back as quickly as possible. Now, the quicker you do this, the more marks you're going to be able to save and the more marks you're going to get for that movement. But as well as this, it's going to set you up as quickly as possible to get as many marks as possible for that next movement coming up. So if you're going to take anything away from this episode, if you forget everything else that I told you, I want you to remember this. If you have a big spook or you have a big mistake in your test, as soon as is physically possible, get yourself back in the direction you need to be going in and back at the speed that you need to be going in as quickly as possible. It's going to get you a few more marks for that movement, but it's also going to set you up to get great marks for that next movement. And this brings us on to the next part then, which is getting back on track as quickly as possible, ready for that next movement. Where people tend to go wrong is where they let one mistake influence three or four movements. So rather than just losing three or four marks for one movement, they tend to then let this affect more movements. So they might lose three or four marks for that movement and the next three movements. So we end up then losing 12, 15 marks instead. And this tends to happen a lot with spooks or I see it a lot with when horses break into trot from the canter. So like we said before, when these types of mistakes happen, we need to do step one, which is get our speed and our direction back on track as quickly as possible. Once you're there, your attention needs to go straight to that next movement coming up and exactly what you need to do to make this next movement go well. Now, this is all about your preparation and your setting up. And this is going to require you to stop thinking about that mistake which happened before. And I think this is possibly the hardest part when we make a mistake in a test. You can't let yourself focus on what just happened and what you could have done differently and what score you're going to get for that movement. You've got to remind yourself that thinking like this isn't going to have any positive effect on the rest of your test at all. The quicker you can put that mistake behind you and focus on the next movement, the more likely you will get that next movement right and then the next and then the next and then we start to get into a bit of a positive cycle and the test goes on. Now, this is all really easy in theory and I think 
when I say this, I'm sure you're thinking, yeah, like, makes logical sense. The problem is, is that we can only really practice this skill of putting that mistake behind us and focusing on the next movement when we make a mistake in a test. And we can only practice shifting our mindset to focus on that next movement when we make a mistake in the test. Now, test riding can give you practice with this. It will give you practice of having a mistake, moving on, focusing on the next movement. But I also think that nothing really tends to match a competition atmosphere and that feeling when things go wrong in a competition in front of the judges. And this is why sometimes things need to go wrong for us to get better at dealing with it. And this is why I have coming back to those kind of three bad test bucket lists is because we need to have things go wrong. And I think we have to have a little bit of a shift in our mindset here sometimes that bad tests aren't, they're not a problem. It's not a failure. If anything, we tend to learn so much more from the tests that go wrong than from the tests that go really well. So I think we need that shift in our mindset and also to see it much more as an opportunity to practice these skills, to learn how to deal with mistakes, to learn how to get back on track as quickly as possible. So hopefully then, this has given you a little bit of an insight into how best to prepare for mistakes that might happen. We all aim to have a foot perfect clear round test, but inevitably, this isn't always going to happen. And our aim always has to be to minimise the damage, lose as few marks as possible, and get back on track as quickly as possible. Hopefully, though, this has given you a few different ideas to try, and I hope that this will help you to shift that mindset and focus on that next movement coming up, and maybe not see so much those tests that you see as bad as being failures. See them a little bit more as opportunities to learn and better yourself as a rider. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Decomplicating Dressage podcast and I will see you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.